Um, hey, you know, uh, one of my favorite holidays is Thanksgiving. Like, you know, it's, what a, what a great, it's, it's, you know, food and football, right? I mean, you, we have this day that everybody basically gets off of work, and we cook up these huge meals. And I'd always, even as a little kid, I'd look forward to this meal. My mom would be cooking for days, and she would make some, you know, you know just some fresh homemade sauce with her macaroni. And, you know, we'd, we'd always have either Italian wedding soup or pasta fazool as the first round, and then all the... Thanksgiving turkey fixings in it and it was so good right and we would eat in this long meal and then we'd sit around the table and you know little by little get cleared off and then desserts would come right and then we get cleared off we'd eat those for a while and and then you know it, suddenly it was supper time and you know all the supper came out right and it would be the football game would be on and we'd be laughing and you know it's such a great holiday and all that and it's this amazing thing where our country takes time, people take time to say thank you, to think about all the things that have gone good, that, that God has blessed them with. One of the things that we do at our table is every Thanksgiving, we go around, everybody gets to say what they were thankful for for that year. And that really is my favorite time today. So on, on Thanksgiving weekend... I want to talk about gratitude. Gratitude is an important virtue for happiness, health, and great relationships. But it's so easy to complain, isn't it? Like, it's kind of almost built in us. We, we like to, you know, complain and look at what's wrong. I mean, I mean, life is pretty amazing now with all the gadgets and all the stuff. I mean, right? Some of you will remember this. When you were a kid and you needed to make a phone call, you had to go to the one spot in the house where there was a phone. And you had like a five-foot leash. You know, I remember when the long leashes came out. That was like, wow, I could walk into another room. You know, but, but there you were. And you had to rotary it, man. Like, it was a lot of work. Like, you know? That was that one spot. And if you didn't get them, there was no answer machine. There was no nothing. You'd have to call back again and again. And now, we're walking around, and we can make phone calls from anywhere, at any time. It's, like, amazing. So, about two weeks ago, I'm literally in the middle of the Mojave Desert. I'm driving through the Mojave Desert to go visit a vineyard church up in the high desert. There's nothing for miles and miles. I'm talking to Gwen on the phone. I'm going like, this is so freaky. It feels like I'm driving across the moon. You know, like just the way it looked and the isolation, you know, everywhere. There's nothing out there except for traffic on the road because California. And... And I'm like, this is so out there. And the call drops. I'm like, what is this? What kind of crap is this? I'm all angry, right? I'm in the middle of the freaking whole, you know, Mojave Desert. And I'm upset because I can't get my call through. It dropped. That, that's how spoiled we are, how used to we are to complaining. But gratitude 
is, is the best attitude. Gratitude. It's, it's, let me define it like this. It's, it's having a thankful outlook. It's appreciating what you have. It's communicating to others your delight in something. You know, the Bible calls us to be grateful people. Commands us. He writes to the Thessalonian church who's in this struggle or being persecuted. And, you know, it's a hard time for them. And he writes commands rejoice always like have this this bent towards joy pray continually there's a key give thanks in all circumstances in whatever circumstance you find yourself in he's saying look around there's something you can give thanks for in that spot. It may be in the present. You may be giving thanks for something in the past or for the future. But no matter what you find yourself in, give thanks in all circumstances. Why is that? Why would he command this? And this is crazy. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So many people struggle with the question, what's God's will for my life? <laughs> it writes it right here. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, to give thanks in all circumstances. This is really important. Paul just takes a, a car jack and jacks that thing up and says, man, this is God's will. And we'd be thankful people. It's the mark of a Christ follower. Now, why, why does he put it up so high? Well, because being thankful is best for us. God made us this way. You know, he, God made us for, you know, exercise is, is good for the body. Gratitude is good for the soul. It's good for the relationships we're in. It's good for the community. It's, you know, social scientists study this all the time. I'm, I'm always collecting different, you know, reports and studies on this. This is just fascinating to me how much science backs up what the Bible says because it's the Word of God. Let me just give you a quick rundown of some of the things gratitude does. There was a study in 2014 uh, that, uh, on emotions that showed gratitude helps relationships. And that, you know, accord, uh, the study found that thanking a new acquaintance, some of you just met, right? Thanking them makes them more likely to seek an ongoing relationship. You want more friends? Say thank you to people. Gratitude improves physical health. It, it, you know, studies show it, it, gratitude increases longevity. Gratitude, uh, uh, you're less sick when you're, you're grateful. You have more energy. You lower blood pressure. You know, you, you can take a bunch of pills or you can say thank you a lot. It's your choice. It actually has that kind of impact. Another study found that gratitude improves psychological health. And gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Grateful people sleep better. According to a 2011 study, Spending just 15 minutes, minutes jotting down a few grateful sentiments before bed 
you'll sleep better and longer. Like, just take time when you lay down. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. The, uh, gratitude improves self-esteem. Gratitude increases uh, mental strength. Just study after study talks about how good it is for us. And that's why God calls us to it. So here's a question for Thanksgiving weekend. How can you and I grow to be more thankful, grateful people? How can we be grateful people? Well, there's three commitments to grow a grateful heart. Here's the first one. I will recognize that every good thing I have comes from God. James, the brother of Jesus, writes this. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above. That God Almighty, this all-powerful God, that He is at work in our lives and everything good in our life because He loves us and has such a, a generous heart. Everything good in our life has come from Him. Now, sometimes that's hard because sometimes we think, well, I did that. I earned that. I made that happen. But all good things, like, you know, our health, like you may help it along by exercise, but, you, you know, people that got hit out of the blue with something, all good things come from Him. He gives us our health. He's given us our home. He's had something with our jobs. That here it was a job right out of nowhere, and he just gave you the opportunity, the skill mix, and the chance for education, and, and this opportunity at this moment, all things clicked, and you got that job. It was him behind the scenes. It's in our relationships. Let me, let me give you an example about relationships. Now, I know most of you think, right, that, you know, when Gwen and I met, and I was in my early 20s, she looked at me and said, Man, that is the coolest, hottest guy I ever saw, right? <laughs> so sure, that's part of the truth, I'm sure. But you look at just that, this relationship that's transformed my life, that's, that's been you know, an incredible source of joy for 38 years, how God made that happen. I mean, just step back, as I do sometimes, and think about how God gave me that relationship. I mean, I'm, I'm in high school, and I've I'm, I'm, I'm got the scholarship. I'm going to go to Syracuse University for wrestling. Everything's set, and right before my senior year, God breaks out of nowhere and grabs a hold of me and saves me. And, and about halfway through my senior year in high school, I'm still planning to go to Syracuse University for wrestling, and, and, and somebody comes up to me and hands me at a, at a, a, this Bible study. I go, hey, I got this you know, Christian catalog Christian college catalog. Why don't you take a look at it? And so I randomly look through this thing, pick out three schools, and I write the wrestling coach. Write a letter with stamp and envelope, right? Send it to the schools. One coach calls me back. Says, oh, we'd love to come. Come on down. We'll put you up. We'll have you a visit. Me and my dad drive down. We hit it off. I end up going to Messiah College, the school I'd never heard of. I end up going there. The other two wrestling coaches, years later, I saw them on the wrestling circuit. I said, you know, I wrote you once. We never got the letter. I don't know how God made it to this one person. I go to Messiah. Gwen, a year later, comes from New Jersey, goes to Messiah. We have some mutual friends we meet, but not much. She goes off then in Chicago to finish nursing school. I continue at Messiah. At the end of graduating from Messiah, I have this, this, this serious relationship with this woman and, you know, thinking we're going to get married. And God calls me in New York City and she says, no, 
I can't go there. And I said, I got to go because God's calling me. And so I moved to the South Bronx, blow up my relationship. And then I, I, I'm there, and a year later, Gwen gets a job at a hospital in New York. Mutual friend puts us together, and we become best friends, fall in love, start dating, get married. God's hand was all over that. So it teaches my soul. Say, thank you, Lord, for this marriage. It's important to recognize and thank Jesus for all the good things in our lives. It builds gratitude. It it weakens pride, which, which pride leads to discontentment. Pride just just messes us up inside. But we realize, man, this thing, this is because God be the glory. Thank you, Jesus, for this thing. Not for who I am or what I've done. It keeps us humble and, and, and connected with Jesus. Let me uh, read you something that King David wrote. Now, um, the statement I'm going to read you, this line, is actually in the Bible 23 times. It, it's like this repeating theme. It is, it is this, almost the mantra of the people of God throughout the Old Testament. But David does it as he is bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And, and you can think about that, right? David could have been like a lot of kings. He could have said, look how great I am. I fought all these wars. I beat the enemy. I am so good. And I'm bringing the Ark of the Covenant was seen as the presence of God into Jerusalem, the the capital city that he won in the war. And he could be saying, this is all about me. I did this. I'm so successful. I'm so good. He could have looked on himself. Instead, he says this as he's bringing the Ark in. Give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. That it's for him that he is doing this. Him is why we've won this. Him is why we, we have this now. We can set up eventually the temple. That we can have this dwelling place of God among us. That we have this peaceful boundary now. It's him, not me. He saw that it was God. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. No matter how broken I am, no matter where I fall off, no matter how many times I I, I put up walls, His pursuing love still is gracious to me. It still gives me good things in my life. That He's always working behind the scenes. It's not dependent on us. It's because we serve a great and gracious God. So make it a habit to thank Jesus for the things in your life. Second commitment to make is I will not let what I want rob me of thankfulness for what I have. Now, isn't that true? We always want something more. We always want something better. We, want, we, we see somebody else, you know. We, we get a new car and we, we look and see somebody else got a new, newer car or a Tesla Right? We're like, man, I want that. Instead of looking at what we got, we compare and we, 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 we get you know, crazy about these things. 
there's always going to be this pull, too, between what we have and, and wanting to, to, to do better. And that's okay. There's an okay sense in, in like, I want to grow. I, I, you know, I want to have a, a more comfortable house for my family. There's places where it's okay. You know, I want to I wanna work and, and, and get better at what I do and have more impact. It's okay to, to dream and to think about it, but, but be thankful every step of the way in that process. You know, Philippians, uh, Paul writes this. He says, I want you to picture where he says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I've learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. And Paul has had some incredible circumstances, good and bad. He says, I know what it is to be in need. When Paul's writing this, I want you to understand he's an old man and he's in jail waiting to be executed. Now, these jails, as bad as jails are now, were much worse. They were more like dungeons. He was most likely chained with his feet to this place. It was most likely dark or possibly one torch flickering. It was damp. It was cold. It was most surely rat-infested. For those who don't like spiders, there are probably a few of those around. He's an old man. He has been, he has been through the ringer. I mean, physically, he must have been in pain. I mean, just think about it. This guy has been whipped, literally, 196 times. They've been beaten to what they thought was death. You know, kicked and stomped on to where he was out cold and they thought he was dead. Like, how many, how many dislocated shoulders did he have? How many broken bones did he have? And without good medical intention, I mean, they all healed poorly. And, you know, the older you get, the worse it is, Right? He's in pain in his damp, cold spot. Food could have been scarce because oftentimes in prisons at that time, what the Romans would do is they didn't take care of your needs. You just had to hope somebody would take care of your needs from the town, city. And so if you had friends and family, you were in better shape. He's in all that. And when he was in that, he actually wrote the line that some of us know. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say it. Rejoice. Have joy. That this attitude of gratitude builds up joy no matter what the circumstances are. He says, I know what it's like to be in want. And I know what it's like to have plenty. I'm sure that's true. I mean, Paul was a hero in the church. Paul was this great leader. And places where he planted churches and went back, I'm sure when they, he went back, there was huge parties and this wonderful delight, you know, and they brought out the best food and he's treated like a king in some ways, I'm sure. And he'd get, you know, they'd give him the best room in the house and he, he knew what it was to have lots, he knew what it was to have nothing. And yet he was consistently grateful for all that God was doing. 
I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. I look to Jesus. I thank Jesus. I recognize what He's doing, and I can be content regardless of the circumstances. An attitude of gratitude, a life of this joy of thanksgiving builds as we look to Jesus and see His hand in every situation. Here's the third commitment. I will turn every blessing I have into praise. Now, I think it's key for our gratitude to lead us into worship. That we see what He's done, and we thank Him, and we begin to thank Him and worship Him. You are great. You are a, a generous God like we sung today. That you are wonderful. That you give me all this stuff that I don't deserve. We can look in the past and the present and the future that He has redeemed us, that He loved us so much that He got off the throne to come to this earth to do the, 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 the hard work of you, the sacrifice of God to pay for all our sins. Tear down all the walls. And he is willing to do whatever it took to have a relationship with us. He's pursued us. He's forgiven us again and again for things that we keep doing, that we're sick of ourselves for doing, and yet he is there ready to forgive us. Thank you, Lord. I praise you. It should lead us to this worship. And this worship leads us to submission. More, Lord, whatever you want me to do, because I trust you, because you are so good. You've been good in the past. You're good right now. And I can look to the future of all that you're going to do. You're saving grace. You're now preparing a place for me in heaven. If you've connected with Jesus, I know everybody in this room probably hasn't yet, but if you have, you are guaranteed a death to be with him forever in joy and peace. Be in the presence of God, to be, to be now doing all that you were meant to do in the new heavens and the new earth. Great joy. Let me read you um, Psalm 103, but I want to read it from the New Living Translation. It's close to the NIV, which that's what I usually read. But I just think this has a, a little, a couple of words that they change, I think really helps me grab a hold of it. David writes this. Let all that I am praise the Lord. All that I am, body, mind, and soul. With, I praise the Lord with everything. I praise the Lord with, with all that I am, with, with my time, my money, and my energy. Each one of those things are, can be an act of worship and praise to God as we submit to His will. May I never forget the good things He does for me. This is a, a presence continual. That He keeps doing good things for me. I mean, this morning, right? You got up. You had the wherewithal to get here. You know, you, you, you had clothes to choose from. You, you, you had a, maybe a vehicle. You at least knew somebody with a vehicle to get here. You had a reason to come here. And God's just doing stuff. And then he goes on, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. 
You know, he's healing us now, he's forgiving us now, and he's doing it forever. I mean, here's something to think about, right? Every one of you in this room, God, none of you have had a disease that beat you. Like, we're all alive. I think most of you are alive right here in this room. A couple of you, I'm not sure in the back, or I'm going to say, he's nodding out a little bit. But like, he's healed you. He's gotten you through every health situation you've had to this point. And in heaven, you'll be completely whole. Completely restored. Just knowing that, you can praise him. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He gives me eternal life. He has grace and mercy for me. As much as I've messed up, He forgives me. He fills my life with good things. God loves you. has blessed you no matter what circumstance you are in right now. There are things that you look around and God has done in you. And is doing. And it's worth recognizing that and thanking Him. I have this guy's uh, vineyard pastor friend who I got to visit recently. And he's, you know, he's in his upper 70s. I don't think he's 80 yet. But he has served Jesus all his life. That incredible man of God. And he's got cancer now. And I hadn't seen him face to face in, in a while. And I... I, I went to this, this meeting in Massachusetts with a bunch of vineyard pastors and you know he was he was frail. You know, kinda you you look and just wasn't the towering figure he used to be. You know, his voice was 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 weak. You tell things were winding down. You talk to him. And it was so much gratitude. Oh, I, I thank the Lord, man. I, you know, this, this operation went pretty good. I thank the Lord. I, you know, I get to go to church and my, my son is doing this great job leading it. Hey, thank you, Jesus, for, you know, Nancy's my wife and she's been so good to me for so long and taking care of me, getting me to the doctor. Thank the Lord that my doctor lives close to me and he's a good one. He was just like, just in his conversation was this incredible tone of gratitude. And there's real joy in his heart and there's real peace in his life. See, it doesn't matter the circumstances. It matters the outlook. Are you looking for what Jesus is doing and thanking him for that? In the past, in the present, in the future. And that'll give you gratitude no matter where you find yourself. So I want to do you a favor here. I want to give you a little time this morning to, to just reflect on on what God is doing or has done or will do. And so um, 
I'm going to ask you all, just to, if you've got anything in your hand, put it to the side. And I, and I want you just to get comfortable in your seat. And I'm going to ask you all to, to close your eyes. We're going to do this little meditation. And I, and I want to uh, just everybody close your eyes. Because here's the wonderful thing. We are in the presence of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is here in a special way because He inhabits the praises of His people. And we, we were able to just worship for a while. I know where two or three are gathered in His name that He's there in a special way. So just now with your eyes closed, just take a long, deep breath and breathe in the presence of Jesus. Just hold it for a moment, this, this presence. And slowly exhale the, the anxiety of the day. Do that one more time. Just breathe a long breath of the peace of God that is in this room. Hold it for a moment. And again, just breathe out the worries that are dancing around your mind. I want you to just, in your mind's eye right now, I just want you to picture Jesus in front of you. Looking at you with this love in his eyes, this, this smile on his face. And as you're looking at him, I, I want you, just now in the quietness of your heart, thank him for for something about your physical being right now. Just thank you, Jesus, that I was able to walk here. Thank you that you healed me of something. Whatever it is, just take a moment and thank him for something or things in your body physically. you as just in this place we're looking at Jesus in front of you I want you to take a moment to to thank him for something in the spiritual realm maybe your salvation forgiveness spiritual insights he's given you calling maybe on your life but thank him about some spiritual things right now I want you right now to, to take a moment now as you look at him and thank him for some relationship in your life, past or present. Thank him for bringing that person to your life. Thank him for, for protecting that relationship, whatever it is. I want you to 
Now, with Jesus in front of you, I want you to look back in your history, maybe from a long time ago. And I want you to thank Him for something, maybe in grade school, in your childhood. Thank Him for something in the past. And I want you to thank Him for a promise that He has given you or from His Word of the future. Maybe for heaven or for some kind of thing He's promised to do in your life. Thank Him for something looking forward. Jesus, we thank you for you've been incredibly gracious to us. Heavenly Father, we know that all good things come from you. And so we thank you. And I pray that you would help us to be a grateful people. I would see your grace in all kinds of situations. And thank you and praise you for it. Amen.